0: We always stress okay, parents are the primary catechists, the primary right. educators of their children. But but we we can't underestimate the influence of other people who are their peers or yeah. other adults in the community who may be able to present it in a way that's
1: that's exactly what they need to hear. Right. Right. Studies have shown that parents are still the number one influence in their children's lives. So be that influence, but surround them with other people as well when they're having trouble hearing the words coming out of your mouth because you're not doing the things they would like you to do.
2: Does your bank make you feel like you belong there? At Alliance Catholic Credit Union, you're a member of a financial institution that serves the Catholic community, providing you with an opportunity to align your banking with your Catholic identity. You receive all the products and services you need to manage your money, and your membership helps support Catholic schools, parishes, and organizations. It's time to put your money where your faith is. Visit AllianceCatholic.com to get started today. Service, community, Catholic. Alliance Catholic Credit Union. Federally insured by the NCUA. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us
0: striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole
1: Joyce. And I'm your other co-host, Rocky McCormick. Light a candle, grab your prayer cards, and join us as we talk, laugh, and reflect on our experiences raising Catholic families and discovering God within our everyday lives. Nicole. Yo. How you doing? I'm okay. All right. Do you have a favorite prayer for your children?
0: Ooh. I am more of a freestyle prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a rec- recitation mm-hmm. style prayer, mm-hmm. except for maybe the Rosary. Okay. Um. So typically at night we mm-hmm. all pray together, and and then and, and those will be like recited prayer, and then I give each of them a blessing on their forehead. Oh, I So I mark them with too. a cross. Yep. Um. And then I will usually just kind of pray over freestyle it. Yeah.
1: Yes. I'm more of a you know or protect my children kind of people. Oh, yeah. Yes. Protect me from my children. Oh, no. Protect my children. Right.
0: right. Yes. <laughs> it could be a little bit of both. I
1: know. We are both and kind of faith. <laughs> right. What about you? Uh, same. Um, I have one child that demands a blessing. So mm-hmm. he is my Jacob. Is that? Yes. Bless me, Father. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not his name, but that is what we call him at night when he's like, Mama, you didn't bless me. I'm like, I just, like, literally just blessed you. But, you know, we'll do it again. Extra blessings can't hurt. So, yeah, definitely, you know, just the individual blessing over them. But I like to pray a divine mercy chaplet for them. Ooh, that's nice. As well. Yeah. I like it. I don't know why. That's just always kind of, you know. Always kind of been my go-to to pray over them and to pray over Tim and our whole family. That's beautiful. Yeah. So why are we talking about praying over our children?
0: I think we want to have this conversation because we are approaching the
1: Memorial of St. Monica. Oh, very, very good. Using the official words instead of what I call everything, which is the feast of, which is not usually correct. Yes,
0: I think the official terminology is the Memorial of St. Monica. When not a Sunday. When not a Sunday. But this year it falls on Sunday. So it is instead... A Sunday in ordinary time, the 87th Sunday in ordinary time. No, no, it was 21st, like, great We don't
1: even have 87th. It feels
0: Sunday. like the 87th Sunday in ordinary time, it's the 21st Sunday oh, in ordinary off, time. Yeah. But, but when it's not on a Sunday, August 27th is the memorial of Saint Monica, and I think yes. she's just such a lovely patroness for us parents mm. as we worry
1: about our children. Absolutely, and she was the mother of Saint Augustine, yes, who is now a doctor of the church but did not begin as a doctor of the church.
0: Yeah, he had a a rough go there. He did. Bringing himself into the church. He was a wild child in many, many ways. Many ways. I think he actually called himself a scoundrel. He did. Yes. Yes. So he openly admitted that he was the wild child. Yeah. And St. Monica, just the ever-loving, amazing woman that she was. Steadfast. Steadfast, continual prayer and, and sacrifice and just begging the Lord to bring him right into his arms and and amen it amen he did right, right. so I think she's a wonderful patroness for us to think about this week um, and and of course it ties into um,
1: our gospel reading too. it sure does because you know we have this conversation between Peter and in Jesus and what really struck me as i was reading and praying with the scripture was that not flesh and blood that has revealed this but my father in heaven and so i think there is this temptation that we want to force our children to believe what we believe and we love jesus so much we want them to love and believe in jesus the way that we love and believe in jesus right and we want to force them into a relationship with christ to know him personally but really all we can do And all we're asked to do in this vocation is to create an environment for the Holy Spirit to work. Right? So we create an environment where they might be open to the encounter with Jesus to create their own relationship. Yeah, but you're talking about like a people. Yeah. And by people, I mean parents. Right.
0: Who tend to have a particular desire Mm -hmm. to control. Most things. Stop
1: looking at me when you're saying that. <laughs> I was thinking of myself <laughs> oh, personally. Like, absolutely we right. Like, we, like, we, we want like them to p- eat their vegetables. We yes. want them to to be good at what they do. That we like to
0: plan, right? things. We
1: like to prepare. We like to know absolutely.
0: And so that is that's really challenging right. to say. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to pressure you, but I am going to like, I'm going to try to be invitational,
1: right? And I think too, like. And we talk about this a lot, like when something is so dear to us and so foundational in our identity that when they don't enthusiastically accept or participate that it can be tempting to view that as a rejection of us.
0: Well, yeah, or like when they just outright reject the faith altogether. All they together. Just say, I right. don't I don't believe. I don't believe in that, or I yeah. don't wanna be there. I don't wanna I don't wanna do right. this. Yeah. That's you, it's not me. Right. No child. <laughs> and it's so yeah.
1: hard. Right. Because we take it personal, right? Yeah. It's like, because oh. it's a rejection of what is like the very core of our being. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a temptation sometimes to be like, oh, you know, chill out, they're just figuring out their own thing. But I think there's a very real thing to acknowledge that when that rejection occurs, that in some ways it very much is a rejection of our own person. Yeah. That we can view it that way. Yeah. It isn't. They are very much on their own journey, and and God is very much with them. But I think we have to be able to acknowledge that what that feels like is a rejection of us. Yeah, like give yourself
0: space to grieve maybe a little. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I think there are some really
1: important steps in that process after that. Absolutely, Experience of grief. but I think. But I, again, I think if we're not honest with ourselves, that that's kind of the starting point. Yeah, that it makes it difficult to move forward from that.
0: Yeah, it's okay to acknowledge that that hurt it does, and that yeah. it was that it's kind of like a personal wound almost that you're going to carry because yeah. you
1: you might feel a sense of like failure right. or disappointment or, or that they're rejecting who you are as a family. Yeah, you know, we just talked about family culture, and so. Now this thing that is foundational to your family culture is not important to them anymore. Yeah, so how do we do this? How do we
0: keep it invitational? Um, How do we continue to be supportive and and pray for our children who have fallen away or are resistant
1: the way St. Monica did? Well, I think first and foremost, and this is definitely an invitation that we have to make to the Holy Spirit, is to guard against despair once we've acknowledged the hurt. And again, we have to acknowledge the hurt, we just do. to be healthy in our own spirituality and in our own life, to be able to then move forward from that, to be able to ask the Lord to help us guard against despair so that what we are doing and what we are saying are not coming from this place of fear and distrust, yeah, but that it is coming from a place of steadfast faith and confidence that the Lord is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. And I think maybe not on our timeline yeah, and in our way. Yeah but that they are safe in his arms whether they say they believe or do not. And my other experience with this is a lot of the times they don't mean what they say. Sure. Their their rejection isn't an outright rejection.
0: Yeah. And I think just like we said, you know, we don't want we we automatically will feel like it's us yeah. It's us who are being rejected when our child decides to be resistant to the faith. We have to be really cautious that we don't fall into this despair and make it seem like it's they who have disappointed right. us. We never want our children to feel no. like they're the source of our disappointment or frustration or that it's personally you know us who are that's personally them who've made us feel so terrible like we we don't want that (laughs) right like and that's it's we don't think that way like in our head it's very clear to us we're sad for like this loss of faith because it's so important to us and we want our children to share that with us but we never want it to be received by our children that
1: we're disappointed in them. That they've let us down in Right, some that way. they've let us down. I think it's okay for them to know that we're disappointed that they have chosen to go a different way. Right. But we have to be very but clear that about it's that. Not, we do not love them any less. Exactly. They are no less a part of our family. Yes. They are no less welcome in our home, unless, of course, there's some other destructive behavior that makes it unsafe. Yes. So when we make right. an
0: effort to invite them somewhere to ask them to participate in family prayer or come yeah. to mass or whatever it is. If they're resistant to it, we have to be really careful that we're not openly
1: disappointed every time our efforts fail. Right. <laughs> right. Now, I will say that this becomes a little more complicated if they are like younger teen children that still live in the house with other children. Sure. And maybe there are some expectations that, okay, we understand that you don't believe, but because our family does this, you do still have to come to Mass right. with this us. Right, this is still one of those non-negotiables. These are our non-negotiables while you're here under our roof. Mm-hmm. And then when you go on your merry little way, you can figure that out. Yeah. But, because I think that makes it too hard. It's True. too hard to have different rules for different kids. Yes, And especially, like, because we have a family culture, we go to Mass on Sunday. Yes, yes, so I think. So that is something that we are doing. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: But when they do, when you do feel disappointed, always take that back to prayer, persevere in prayer, just like St. Monica. I mean, she, that
1: kid of hers. Oh, my (sighs) gosh. How she didn't have completely gray hair or go bald. (laughs) But she was steadfast in prayer for him. Well, her marriage wasn't a happy one either. So, you know, like she is just such a beautiful model of that steadfast faith, that fervent prayer. Yeah. And this belief that God is who he says he is, that he has the power and he has the strength and the mercy and the love to do what it is that he says he will do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think, as we're talking about St. Monica, I think that finding others who will act as instruments of God's work in our children's lives can also be really instrumental. Because again... Coming at this from like a developmental psychological standpoint, certain rejection of your family structure is a normal part of creating your own identity.
0: Yeah, it's part of growing up, right? You start to move away from home. Yes. And toward the world, which is totally natural. And
1: it's necessary. You want them to have that separation so that they can become responsible adults. Yes. Yes. Although it is developmentally appropriate, it is relationally frustrating. <laughs> I feel like I need that on a t-shirt. Yes. Um, but finding others then, and we've talked about this just in other things, but we may not be the best representation of Christ to mm. them in those moments. And St. Monica, God bless her, prayed for Augustine to find a holy friend, and he sure did. Yes. And that is you know, instrumental in his coming into the church and coming into a life of faith and then eventually becoming a doctor of the church. Yeah. And so we can start with the saints. Sure. We can ask saints to intercede.
0: Other trusted adults right. in the community, godparents, catechists, other people, priests too. Yeah. Um, and and then always inviting and trying to connect them with youth ministry. Sure. Or campus ministry. Communities, mm-hmm. um, after school activities where there are good holy people available for them to talk with. Yeah. To have friendship with. Th- those little pieces are so... Um, influential in their lives. And, you know, we always stress, okay, parents are the primary catechists, the primary right. educators of their children. But but we, we can't underestimate the influence of other people who are their peers or yeah. other adults in
1: the community who may be able to present it in a way that's that's exactly what they need to hear. Right, right. Studies have shown that parents are still the number one influence in their children's lives. So be that influence, but surround them with other people as well. When they're having trouble hearing the words coming out of your mouth because you're not doing the things they would like you to do, that they are surrounded by that. And maybe that's outwardly church groups like a youth group or a campus ministry, or maybe you know your child and their interests and you find tangential places for them to be involved with other social groups uh, or affinity groups like an art group or a theater group that might be somewhat rooted in, in Christian values sure that are not going to be opposed to what it is that you would like for your child, but might be able to speak to them through a side door as opposed to just in your face, this is a church group, especially if they're resistant to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding other community organizations that they can get involved with that are related to living a, faith, living a faith-filled life. Yeah. Um, and service opportunities are huge Yes, for our young people. Mm-hmm. You know, so finding things that they're passionate about and getting them around people who are like-minded, but maybe not within the walls of your church if they are resistant to
0: that. Yes, and I just want to go back for a second mm-hmm. to of an earlier episode where we talked about having um, difficult conversations with our kids. This Whenever we're talking about these invitations or, or these opportunities for them to participate in things, especially if they're resistant, we never want the conversation to become like this big, long monologue <laughs> of the parent lecturing the child on why we still have to go to church or why. It, it can be short. Mm-hmm. It can be simple. It can be very brief. And it can be like, and we can talk about this more later when you want to, when, when both of us have had a minute to cool off like don't ever let it escalate and it doesn't have to last a really long time either right no it it can be those small little snippets snippets of communication a little bit here and there
1: and honestly if they're resistant to going to mass make something fun after yeah that they will enjoy Mm -hmm. but anyway I, i do think that extended community can be Going back to that little Absolutely. topic, like I think that's essential. Yeah,
0: because they're naturally going to be be inclined to want to participate in things outside of their home anyway. So right. having those opportunities to kind of reinforce what's happening at home is mm-hmm. very, very
1: helpful. And then going back to those difficult conversations, I also wonder if there shouldn't be some conversations of the why. Why are you resistant? Sure. You know, because I think that we can make assumptions as to what they value and what they don't. And it might be that they still have the same values, but they're figuring out a new expression.
0: Or they've heard something right. that could be totally untrue, right? Or they've right. had a bad experience. Or they've been hurt somehow yes. that
1: you don't know about. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So definitely understanding before we react is crucial. Not just here, but for, for any, any of these big issues. Yeah, um, And so kind of along the same lines, I think the other thing that we really need to do as we are envisioning a life of faith for our children is to reimagine what a life of faith might look like for them. Because again, I think sometimes we are tempted to create their faith in our image. Yeah. And as they grow older, while the things we did as a family should serve as a foundation, they are going to have to create their own relationship Mm -hmm. and their own expression of this lived faith.
0: And I want to throw something out here for those of you who have much older teens or young adults, or maybe even adult family members who mm-hmm. have fallen away from the church and y- you might be struggling with, with how to reconcile that experience yeah. or you might be really praying for them to come back into the faith. Um, I was at a conference last fall and Bishop Flores, who was oh. for, formerly from the Archdiocese yeah. of Detroit, was there and he said something so profound. He said- Always. He's, of course, <laughs> in his in his wonderful oh radio gosh, voice, right? he should be on a podcast. He really should. Um, he, said, he said, you know, Mass is good. It's it's wonderful, but it's not the only way that some of our family members can participate in the life of the church. Right. If they're not ready to come back to
1: Mass, that's okay. Yeah. You can invite them to participate in other ways. And gosh, that just like even you saying that now is like such a weight off of my shoulders, yeah. right? Like because Mass has such a place of prominence, I think that's the goal. That's of, the goal. Of course. Right. Yeah. But we don't have to start there. That, that doesn't have to be the entirety of course, of what we we're, do. We're never going to negate the fact that the Eucharist
0: right. is the source and summit of our faith. Right. right. But but some of our family who have been hurt by the church or who have stepped away or fallen away or just are resistant to this idea yeah. right now, that doesn't have to be the entry point. No. It doesn't have to be the first place they come. No. And it might not be. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That is a beautiful encouragement. Yeah, so their, their experience might not be the same. It doesn't have to start with Mass. Their yeah. prayer style, their, their worship style, their, right. their, their communication style might never— Or what never... even is
1: prayer. Right. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and I know, like, for so many of our young people, just their music or their art is their prayer. Mm-hmm. And so almost taking the role of spiritual director as opposed to parent who says this is the way we must express our faith, to say, how can we find where God is present in your life? And this is a conversation I've had with my almost teen too to be like there are going to be times that you're angry there are going to be times you don't want to go to church just always come back to Jesus however you do it yeah however you do it yell at him yell at him cry at him
2: So I hear two things here yeah
0: one is that we we always even if our children have ne- have never been resistant or have not fallen away especially if they're little yeah. we always want to be continually having authentic conversations with them about where we see Jesus working in our yeah. lives, even in the most difficult situations. Yeah. Because we can't raise them to think that Jesus is only here when the worship music is good, right. and when the incense are going, and when everybody's quiet. We, we can't yeah. let Jesus that be is, the only is experience. Jesus
1: is not a performance experience. Yeah, so we have yeah. to be
0: willing to set that example and really have those hard conversations with our children from the very beginning. right? But if, if we've still arrived at this place where things are difficult and we're feeling challenged by our, our children, leaving, we have to remember that Jesus is still with them where they are, even if they're not at mass, even if they're not praying with us at night prayer. Even
1: if their back is turned, he's behind them. That he's still there. And
0: that's really, that's how we guard against despair, I think, too, is we we are constantly
1: aware that he's still with them. Mm -hmm. Yes. So their dying breath. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that we have to learn to do is to speak their language. What is it that makes them tick? Even when it's something that like I would roll my eyes at and do roll my eyes at a lot. Like other things that they are naturally involved with or inclined to.
0: Are we talking about the language of texting? Because I still don't fully understand what they say
1: sometimes. Like the emoji thing is very confusing. Well, the emoji for me. thing means different things to different <laughs> generations I've heard. So, yeah, I don't know. Yes,
0: yeah, speaking their speaking language yeah. is definitely, it's important. Right. It's and helpful. Also knowing when to stay silent. <laughs> yes. So back yeah. to that whole, like,
1: not trying to be in control of the whole thing all the time. Yes. Or knowing when you need to step away. Right. Like I, Because you're a valuable part of this process as well. Yes. Right? Like, this isn't all just about get your kid to church. Oh, it's my gosh. Not. Thank you. It's not. Thank you. This is about deepening our relationship with a God who has sent his son to bring us everlasting life. Right? Like, to sacrifice himself that we might no everlasting life and so how do we create relationship Mm. and so if in fighting our children to get them in church it's damaging our relationship with God then we need to stop and reassess what we're doing yes yes because first and foremost we are sons and daughters of a living God right and so maybe it's okay to take a step back and nurture that relationship Absolutely. And St.
0: Monica does this so well. Yeah. You know, when you, when, if you don't know her whole story, I encourage you to, to do some research because when you look at how beautifully she was willing to step aside and let the Lord be the one to right. do that work, to let the Spirit be the one to work in her son, mm-hmm. to let these other trusted people in and build those relationships for him and draw him closer yeah. so that he could really uncover the fullness of his own personal faith. Right. Um, it's it's truly inspiring. It is, and it is. She was not there dragging him <laughs> no. into mass. She
1: she was not not nagging. No, she was not not withhold anything, telling him when
0: to pray. Right. She she really he was took always that welcome to back with her.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is so so hard. It's it so is. hard because we do, and we do it out of a goodness. You know it's a goodness of heart that we, we want to control. We want to minimize the pain. We want to minimize the suffering for our children. A hundred percent. Right? So like the control a, isn't so that they will do what I do and say, it's because we want what is good for them.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And as a generation, like yeah. us millennials, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a geriatric an, millennial. Yeah, like an exennial. Yeah. So yeah. I am a geriatric millennial is my new. Awesome. I've, I've I like Xennial. It sounds my, very like X games. I wear it proudly. Um we just we naturally do we we want to avoid suffering we want to make things better we have Mm -hmm. a desire to to make the whole world a better place and so if we see a way to make that happen and it can be challenging for us to wrap our heads around why everybody doesn't want to do that right.
1: thing right like why <laughs> right. wouldn't we all want to I do guess that totally that logical amazing. i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, so
0: so our parenting style has been informed by this right, right? as a, as a whole generation i think a lot of us feel that way so looking at st monica and seeing how willingly she let go yeah. of her desire to do things a certain way to see her right. son do things a certain and way. To allow him to suffer? Yes. Oh, that's it's, so hard. It's so inspiring, though, at the same right. time. So yes, such And, a and so
1: she is also a really good friend. If you find yourself in this space where you are really grieving your children's decisions, where you have children who have given up on the faith or are not participating in the sacraments, or perhaps your grandchildren are not being baptized and brought into the church, we encourage you, befriend St. Monica. Mm-hmm. She is a wonderful companion on that journey. And, you know, keep lighting those candles, but don't burn down the church. <laughs> Maybe just one, right?
0: <laughs> not 12. Well, that's our as challenge. As tempting as it is. <laughs> Maybe not that many. No. But that's our challenge for you this week. Find a minute, even right now, if you have it, and call to mind someone who's distant from the faith and pray for them, that the Lord will bring the people, the communities, the grace they need into their lives to draw them
1: closer to him. Yeah, I love that. I'll add one more note. I would say that if you're holding on to any resentment, to let that go. To not hold your children hostage to their decisions. Mm. So offer up your resentment for their conversion. Amen. Thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. We hope you leave this conversation feeling less alone in your desire for your loved ones to return to the faith. Let us know how we can pray with you by emailing beyondsunday at aod.org. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast, or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Does your bank make you feel like you belong there? At Alliance Catholic Credit Union, you're a member of a financial institution that serves the Catholic community, providing you with an opportunity to align your banking with your Catholic identity. You receive all the products and services you need to manage your money, and your membership helps support Catholic schools, parishes, and organizations. It's time to put your money where your faith is. Visit AllianceCatholic.com to get started today. Service. Community. Catholic. Alliance Catholic Credit Union. Federally insured by the NCUA.